1: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's July 4th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And happy 4th of July, Nicholas.
2: Happy 4th of July, indeed. Couldn't think of a better activity than some pre-fireworks podcasting. We got fireworks on social media. We got fireworks in the sky tonight in the nation's capital. Wish I could see them there.
1: Really good entree (laughs) to the podcast. We do have some fireworks from a couple of former Steelers. some, Some minor fireworks there. One of a current Steeler. We're going to talk about a recent acquisition the Steelers made. And we're also going to dive into the wonderful world of social media and the Steelers' involvement therein. But first, a word from our sponsor
2: Spotify Green Room. It's a live, audio only sports talk platform that keeps the crap out and the action in. And when the action is sports action, count me in as well. Listen. Spotify Greenroom is free to download, it's easy to use, and it's a platform that lets you talk to other fans, athletes, and even insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news, or maybe just having your own personal meltdown after Chris Boswell falls down, literally, on a game-winning field goal attempt that would have been very makeable against the Raiders a few years ago. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS or android app store create a profile link your twitter and join the group
1: you knew that the book wasn't closed on david DeCastro. something was hanging out there and i'm not surprised at all it took this long for us to hear rumors are percolating that that he may be filing a grievance he was cut from the steelers for quote-unquote non-football injury which left the steelers entirely off the hook financially for him but it's hard to believe a guy who's about to undergo his third ankle injury sustained that as not a result of the football season.
2: Yeah, I don't picture DeCastro as a mountain boarding kind of dude in the off season. I don't think DeCastro is doing any motocross. He's more of a, uh, what is he? I wonder. I mean... To be cl- completely honest with you, he's probably making wise investments and doing stuff like that. But I see him in kind of one of those classic sort of financial guy checkered shirts, really just having a beer on the back porch, staying safe as he can. I don't uh, – it, it kind of was wild to me in the first place that the Steelers wanted to insinuate that it's not a football-related injury. But I thought that they were coming from the angle of like, oh, this wasn't a – One moment injury. Oh, he didn't get his foot stepped on against the Browns. This is a cumulative hazard of playing football, which to me would fall under that category. So, Dad, have they given any more clarity towards uh, what, how David DeCastro's team is going to be attacking the Steelers in this instance, and why was this even, like, why would the Steelers have tried to make this designation if it's so immediately being refuted?
1: Nick, I don't know. Nobody's saying anything. I assumed that the Steelers were playing a chess game, you know, cutting him, non-football injury, saved them money, but even if they had to retrench, they would still end up ahead, or that somehow there was a tacit agreement between DeCastro and the Steelers, but DeCastro ended up with zero. So it's just troubling that the Steelers appear to be playing hardball. When DeCastro, in my layman's view... As kind of a shut and uh, an open and shut case. I mean, these injuries right. didn't come because, as you pointed out, he's not a motocross guy, he's not parachuting, he's not tubing. The interesting, he's not, he might, he might be tubing, tubing. He might be maybe tubing. on the maybe on the mon, just a lazy little lazy river kind of day. I'm thinking but Martha's the, Vineyard. <laughs> you think De Castro's yeah. on Martha? Yeah, yeah he's that. a rich, All right.
2: he's, he's a rich, he's an affluent, uh, sort
1: of, yes, probably he's a man be of a, means.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, he'll be a you know. He'll he'll own a very successful business after this. We're talking Stanford guy right here. But, you know, hey, there are some habits that the Stanford guys get into, and I feel like they go cross-country to Martha's Vineyard. Anyways, proceed.
1: Here is the more disturbing aspect of this, and it's the possibility that the Steelers could lose a draft pick if they were playing fast and loose with the injury report, as we discussed last week.
2: So... Is this just how the Steelers handle business? Is this the seedy underbelly of the Steelers that we don't run into? Or are we not following other teams as as much as we need to be? Uh, I'm tongue-in-cheek here because it it never seems to be very simple when players are forced into retirement or cut at the end of their career after being stars. It's never easy for any player on on any team. You know That is sort of why we always argue for like you have to get your money, but you can get it because they will cut you in a second. The second they're not getting value on the dollar for you, they cut you. But no, they're not gonna go pay you back for when they were you were underpaid, you know, at the beginning of your career or whatever. Um, but the Steelers have some weird exits. When you look at what happened with, you know, Terry Bradshaw, even that's going back a little bit farther, and that's more of a personal relationship, I guess, with Chuck Knowles sort of thing. But Bradshaw doesn't really come back. Troy Polamalu being forced into retirement. That's a little weird. Bruce Arians being coined as retired and instantly wins coach of the year like a year or two later with uh, when he was the interim guy for Indianapolis. There's some, there's some funky things going on. So do you think this is just how the Steelers try to shave a little money off the end at the end of people's career? Or is this maybe a result of, hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been in financial – you know, dire straits for the past, like, eight years, it seems. They've been right up against the cap, and they're trying to save every dollar where they can to try and make this last Super Bowl run with Ben.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. With dire straits, that's not the way to characterize it. That means that they are spending every last penny on their team. The question is, how well is it invested? And what we've seen is it's been pretty well invested. Uh What I would hope from the Steelers is they were just honest with people. Like, we see this. uh, It's time to end our—you have to find your happiness elsewhere. It's time to end our relationship— it doesn't appear to be the case with DeCastro. DeCastro appears to be maybe blindsided by this.
2: So what does what DeCastro uh, lose in stand to game? Like, what, what, where is he at right now financially? And then what would this provide him with?
1: It, I don't know what a grievance would provide him. It depends on the adjudication thereof. But I think it's an $8 million question for him.
2: Oh, man. Where does that $8 million come from?
1: That would come from the cap. So the Steelers are using that, you know, they're using that money um, on Trey Turner. And, you know, we're also trying to sign Kendrick Green. There's uses for that money that they freed up. Now, what might happen is uh, DeCastro wins a grievance. He gets all or a portion of that money. I don't know what happens. I guess it depends on when the grievance is decided, where that comes out of, which cap that comes out of, 2021 or 2022. All seems up in the air, but... An unnecessary distraction and tension between a, an incredible Steeler and an organization that we yeah. thought were, played pretty straight up with their players.
2: So who knows? We'll have to wait to see if it uh, how the dust clears before we make the determination that the Steelers are playing a little dirty here.
1: Yeah, we don't know the inside. And speaking of the dust clearing, you mentioned Troy Palomalo. Things seem to have cleared up a little bit in a recent interview he had.
2: Yeah, he's been doing some interviews... In front of his uh, pending Hall of Fame induction, that's coming up this summer. I guess that's right around the weekend, right when the Steelers will be playing the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game. Unfortunately, I hate the Hall of Fame game. Always shades of Swisham and Pouncy getting lost for the season that one year. But uh, Troy was talking. I man, I wish I remember the reporter's name who I could shout him out for that uh, that way. I know Alex Kazora shared the tweet online, but. Basically, Troy was pretty effusive in his praise and his love for the Steelers. And he he said, like, look, I have nothing but incredible uh, gratitude for the Steelers. And then more or less said, I'm going to paraphrase here, yeah, they forced me to retire. I did not want to retire. He made that a fact. We all knew that, but he really came out there and said it in this interview. And he said, but it turns out that after – A little time passed I realized that it was the best thing for me I don't know if he said if it took two or six months but he said the first portion of that retirement he was very angry for a while and then he said at least within six months he totally changed his tune and realized it was the exact right time to to retire I think you know something about being able to play with his kids and the body and still being functional you know especially think about the way that he tossed himself around uh, yeah, that he got over it. And to me, I'm like, oh, that was that was pretty quick. We thought you just got over it now. So you've been over it this whole time? But I think that's the thing with Troy. We want him to be gushy and and, and, and uh, super emotional. He's not that way. He's a Zen master. But he is funny. He has lightened up in a lot of interviews. He laughs. He's always been very blatant in his love for, his, for Dick LeBeau and his defensive teammates. He's very close still with ryan clark and ike and everybody and so they were a very close-knit group of guys you just hope that troy is also close with the steelers organization so he can make appearances and come back as one of the great players on the mount rushmore of steelers history
1: i recommend that everybody look at the video of his interview he's got that hawaiian shirt on his shades (laughs) he's got a little gray beard but what's what's really wild and incongruent to me is to listen to him describe his children as yinzers you know the that yes. word coming out of him, who's so understated and he's uh he's he's pretty articulate in, in the way he enunciates <laughs> the answers yeah. coming out, It just not doesn't sound like it would, but and it, he laughs
2: yeah. every time. And he said that before. So I wanna make sure we give him credit for actually being pretty vocal for Troy's standards on that he does love Pittsburgh. And I think I don't remember if it was last year or the year before when they moved back to California. But he says, yeah, my family, my kids are yinzers. We identify with being Pittsburghers, and that's very genuine as well. And how could you not when you're a literal part of the fabric of that city? You know, Troy Palmolo, that's just so legendary.
1: I, in my attempt to become more social media literate, tried to do a little bit of a clickbait title on the podcast, you'll see fat shaming kevin dodson
2: oh no <laughs> so it's not not quite as extreme
1: as that but dijon Kovacevic on his podcast implied that the steelers are angry with kevin for an unspecified reason but surmising that he's he's showing up he's not quite in tip-top condition
2: yeah this is the story from the week and i think it originated in a a story, not a podcast. It was a story about other players, and then he sort of tucked that in there. Um, so, okay, Dejon said that a very reliable source who's been right about a lot of things uh, to Dejon in the past. He was on top of the David DiCastro thing very early. Um, so to give his source some credibility, there he said that the Steelers are not happy with Kevin Dotson, and then surmised like maybe it could be the the shape that he's in, so on or so forth. He didn't specify that he said they were out that he was overweight or anything like that. And then you know in his defense to a lot of people coming out and, and bashing his report later, he said like I didn't say he was out of shape, but like the Steelers have very specific requirements, especially for young players. All NFL teams do. Maybe he needed to be at this weight or maybe, hey, we needed you uh bigger or we needed you faster or these specific things. But when he made that report, um the internet took it and ran with it. And even when I say report, that's not exactly true because he slipped it into a bigger article so he wasn't trying to make a big click thing. there, He did not write an article or release a podcast trying to make breaking news about Kevin Dotson. It was just something that he mentioned. Uh, so I find it very interesting because Steelers' Twitter erupted. Duke Mannyweather, I believe that's his name. He's the offensive line trainer kind of guy. He works with Jeff Schwartz, who's a NFL television personality, former offensive lineman, the older brother of Mitchell Schwartz, the, I guess, former now, um, tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. We mentioned Duke Manningweather when we were talking about the tackle Dan Moore that the Steelers drafted from Texas A&M because Duke Mannyweather trains a lot of the draft prospects and he trains a lot of the great players in the NFL playing on the offensive line. Well, he def- came to Kevin Dotson's defense immediately along with Jeff Schwartz and then posted pictures of him, Dotson, looking extremely jacked as as anticipated. I mean, the pictures... M- I don't know that anything could do this, but to take the Steeler fans' expectations of Kevin Dotson being a first-team All-Pro, it it made those feelings even stronger. I can't deny it. He is jacked. A jacked lineman is crazy. To be able to be big and just generally large as a human being and still have some definition on the muscles is terrifying. Like, all right, okay, if if Miles Garrett uh, loops around into the A-gap, I think Kevin Dawson might be okay. Can hold his own, so he's definitely not out of shape that way. But I predicted something. I said I could totally buy the fact that the Steelers are upset with him and that he's in their doghouse, though, because if this source is as good as Dejan says he is, and I have no reason not to believe him, and especially you know when he talked about the DeCastro stuff. And that Dajon did not try to make this a clickbait article thing. This seems pretty genuine. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And this would make last year make so much more sense. This would explain why Filer was starting above Dotson when Dotson seemed to be the better player by every metric out there and by the eye test. Why the hell couldn't this guy play He's was a rookie. The Steelers don't care about starting rookies. Look at Juju and Martavis and Shazier and Bush. Like They start rookies now. Kendrick Green's going to start this year. That wasn't it. Maybe he has some sort of clash with the coaching staff. Again, that would be surprising. He doesn't seem to be a massively outspoken guy or anything like that. By all accounts, he's well-liked. He's a crazy hard worker. So I have no evidence as to why that would happen. But I don't think that it's crazy far-fetched. And if it is the case... I hope that they figure it out pretty soon because he we need him to be a star.
1: It's confusing because initially I went onto his Twitter feed and there are a couple a couple shots. I mean, if you want to see a strong guy, this this first video that he has pinned is from 2018 where he's bench pressing 475, which doesn't mean Ooh. he's in shape or out of shape, but it just gave me the wrong impression because I thought, oh, okay, he's going to show everybody. A little further down, he retweets something from. From Blitzberg showing him on it with a weight wheelbarrow pushing along a massive weight. But that's it I, that I see in his uh Dotson. feed. It's not like he's feet, Dotson. Right? I'm yeah. talking about Dotson. So it's not as if he is trying to defend himself against some accusation that he's out of shape. There are a couple, okay, didn't make a big deal about it, apparently. So to your point, that may not be what we're talking about. We may be talking about some other measurable that he's getting called out on and this is where I'd see the Steelers being pretty specific to your points about weight or speed or anything like that
2: yeah maybe they want him faster because they're going to be so much there's going to be a lot more outside stretch zone running jet sweepy kind of things where they need people to get on the perimeter yeah so maybe it is something specific a specific weight-speed metric that they want, or, or maybe there's just some sort of, I don't know, strategic thing. that he, I, I don't really know how, a, how an offensive lineman could really go outside of the philosophy the way a defensive lineman can. There's a reason why a lot of star defensive linemen like Chandler Jones get pushed out of New England, even though they're clearly the most talented guys in their defensive line. Well, it was because Bill couldn't stand the fact that those guys were freelancing. It's like, hey, I need you to hold down this gap. I don't care about you getting the sack. Chandler Jones like, I want the sack. He says, oh, okay, well, you're not in New England anymore. And he goes on to, I think Chandler Jones leads the NFL in sacks or is at least top three over the past three or four years, cumulatively, And the, and the Patriots have won a Super Bowl in that meantime. So that's a way that I could see a player is really good, but he's not fitting. Or maybe, you know, Antonio Brown, if it didn't work so well between him and Ben, Brown was very famous for cutting off his routes and running random routes his touchdown in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Apparently that was not the original route called. And maybe if that was screwing up your offense, they'd be you'd be in the doghouse, right? So maybe there's something on field there, but I think that would be pretty tough to find for a guard. There's not really a lot of room for interpretation in your job. So who knows what it is, but it's definitely a situation to keep our eyes on, although it doesn't look like it's going to turn out to be that big of a deal.
1: This is not controversial story I just found it interesting that the Steelers signed place kicker Sam Sloman right um he out of Miami of Ohio interesting training camp so he's... leg
2: training camp leg let's let's not bury the lead here yeah they signed a kicker which seems so weird with Chris Boswell who is by the way I believe over the past four years the leader in the NFL over Justin Tucker in field goal percentage which also speaks to what an unbelievable comeback he had last year, going 20 of 21 on field goal kicks. So you sign this guy, like, holy crap, is Boswell injured? Don't think so. I think they just want to split up the kicking duties over the course of camp. I think they almost always have at least two guys in there.
1: Yeah. And maybe they'll, they'll have this guy in reserve. Who knows what will happen with the practice squad. But what I found interesting is that he was drafted in the seventh round by the Rams. He won the place kicking job and worked for seven games. He wasn't prolific. I mean, he was 10 for 13 on field goals and 23 of 26 on extra points and then cut only to be picked up by the Titans in Week 17. In that game, he was 5 for 5 on extra points and with two field goals, the last one being a walk-off field goal that won the game for the Titans, which is kind of an interesting thing, and then dropped. So this guy's – I mean, it was this rookie year, I think, uh, for a kicker to have that much action – Trying to break into that elite club is pretty good, and uh, we'll see. Maybe this is a guy we keep in reserve. We want to test him on, as you said, spread the work during training camp with Chris.
2: I think that they brought him in for a clear reason and a singular reason, and that's because he's a he's a Jayhawk, a Redhawk. What is he, a Redhawk? Miami of Ohio. All of Ben's friends are gone. They're like, look, this dude is 38 years younger than you, but hey, you're both Redhawks. Let's get you in here. Benny needs someone to shoot the shoot the crap with <laughs> on the sideline during training camp. So, Sam, uh, this is the closest we could get to you. I know you were deeply depressed when you lost Vance McDonald right after the season, keeping in mind that you just lost Ramon Foster the year prior. After Vance, oh, say it ain't so, your best buddy. Your best buddy, Marquise Pouncy. Then you see your, your other little homie, Switzer. He's on your rival team. He's gone. Villanueva, gone. Oh, my gosh. Somebody stopped the the bloodshed here. Oh, Castro out of nowhere, gone. Ben, you have no friends. Even Feetner, your, your crappy offensive coordinator friend, he's gone. Does Ben have any friends on the team left? I mean, him and Juju get along. We need Tomlin? this slowman guy. Yeah, Tomlin, you know, as but best there's as- some tension there. That's No, marriage. no, I—
1: that's the best I can do. That's a, that's the a guy that's been around the longest. Unless you know some of the, maybe he's got like one of the managers. I bet you that's what it's like. Oh he yeah. He sits there. So Tom Bradley, the a casual
2: doctor. Remember him from the Ben documentary last year? They have Doctor Needle out there. Well, they had Doctor Needle for the Chargers who punctured Tyrod Taylor's lungs. So Doctor Needle out there. Well, we got Doctor Casual in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Bradley. So, yeah, that's what I think that this is. And, uh, yeah, uh, always got to keep backup kickers in the Rolodex and keep them familiar with the Steelers. So that's all this is.
1: So that kind of uh, expansion of the locker room might be a good thing for the Steelers.
2: You need to have tightness in the locker room. You know, I play a lot of music, so I end up uh, being in a lot more green rooms. And I'll tell you one thing. Spent time in the locker room in high schools, Spent time in the green room now. It's important to have great conversation in the green room. And Spotify green room agrees. Spotify green room, this is the new app. This is an, this is the app to be at. It's a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download. And guess what? It's easy to use. You can talk to athletes and insiders in real time. Of course, you can talk to fans as well. You can debate people. You can debase people. You can... Have post game breakdown sessions, or watch parties, or react to breaking news. You can do all kinds of things on the Spotify Green Room app, and it's perfect for people like you, like me, like everyone out there who's listening to this podcast. Sports first, everybody. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
1: Let me extol the praises of Kansas city steaks. I've been telling you about Kansas city steaks for the last few weeks today, July 4th, the marking of the independence of the United States of America will see the grilling of pork chops. This is new for me. I usually go right for the steaks because there's so, uh, so much to choose from, but I'm going with the pork chops. I uh, expect the result that I have gotten having cooked the filet mignon, you can get Kansas city strips ribeyes, whatever you want. I've gotten Frankfurters that I'm really looking forward to. Cutting. I'm the only one, I'm the only mediator in the house at this point, so I can't wait to <laughs> open up those Frankfurters. Hey, it's been a hard year. You don't have to go anywhere. You can order from the comfort of the, commands, the command center chair using the discount code SD, Steelers Dominate, to get 15% off your next order. That box will come to your front door, freeze-dried and ready to go. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That is KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. We are here at the social media, specifically TikTok, session of the podcast. Yes. And we've got a little to talk about.
2: Devin Bush tweeted something absolutely hilarious. Stop me if you've heard that before. Okay, so Devin Bush is going to be a perpetual source of news for us. I told you I instantly changed my tune and readjusted my initial opinion last week when he tweeted yet another dumb thing on social media because I realized this is the renegade we need at middle linebacker. You need a little bit of a psycho. Well, this tweet wasn't uh, so much dumb as it was hilarious. And I believe, let's see, let's check it. There's Chris Wormley responding to it. It's Devin Bush saying, if you're a grown man and you got TikTok on your phone, stay TF uh, uh, TF from around me. All right, that doesn't make sense. Stay away, I guess is what he's trying to say. So the world ran with this. Unfortunately, I hate to tell you guys, but the Steelers' reputation in the NFL right now, if you had to play word association with every franchise, you got the Chiefs and it would be like, You would probably just say Patrick Mahomes or high scoring. You say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no salary cap is what you think with them. With the Steelers, unfortunately, the first thing you think of is TikTok. Or at least that's the first thing everyone else thinks about because of Juju and uh, Claypool particularly. The TikTok stars, right? So it's hilarious that one of their teammates is mentioning that on the premier TikTok team, the Steelers, a bunch of Steelers responded to it. Wormley said he doesn't care. I'm gonna. He responded right to Devin. Wormley gives a lot of these guys crap. He seems like a cool guy. That's actually a nice, good sign for the uh, locker room building. They're always interacting on social media. But uh, he was just laughing and said, I'm still using this thing. And Devin Bush laughed back at him. And Chase Claypool put up, like, the awkward – it's not like a smiley face. It's like where they show all the teeth and they grit them. Like, kind of one of those things. So he responded to it as well. And Devin Bush is not afraid of the smoke, and I love it. Like, this is perfect offense versus defense stuff. There's no story here for me in terms of, like, locker room unity. I think that it's awesome that a young guy is going to give the other guys crap about TikTok because, of course – I don't come from the TikTok generation. We're having to get in that right now for some of our musical stuff just because, hey, look, that's where the world is going now. Instagram will be left in the dust in the next few years probably and make a way for TikTok. Instagram will go like Facebook did. It will be for old old people. Let's just be honest, so on and so forth. But I think that you could still have a sense of humor about how ridiculous the TikTok stuff is. And And look – Claypool and Juju don't make good content. (laughs) Look, it may not be for me. I mean, I guess they do because they, they have a lot of success on there. And I like Juju's consistency. But it's not particularly funny. They're not particularly great dancers. They're just consistent. So I don't even think that they're necessarily that great at TikTok. They're just consistent. Juju of course has that levity to him that you know is pretty pretty infectious but I just love that some crap is getting talked here in the locker room and that your middle linebacker has no desire for TikTok that is a good sign and by the way it's good that your receivers do want TikTok because you need stars at that position I'm sorry they need to want the ball they need to want the attention they need to be able to deal with the hate and uh that's it's good for Juju and for Claypool there <laughs> That's that's.
1: In terms of top ten, who else is who else is involved in the TikTok? Most okay. of these guys are working off of of Twitter, aren't they?
2: So nobody except for Juju and Claypool are really actually on TikTok or popular on there. So I went ahead and made a little segment for this show. I want to do a little drill. I put together a list. I said, okay, assuming let's assume that every Steelers player had a TikTok and that they actually put significant effort into said TikTok, I ranked who I think the top five Steeler TikTokers would be. And then I ranked who the bottom five would be. So the top five would be who's the most entertaining, who would have the best page and would be the most successful. And the bottom five would be who would be the most annoying. So, and and uh, I'd even say this is even in some sort of order. So I'm going to go bottom to top. Top five t- uh, stealer. Number five on the top five Steeler hypothetical TikTokers, Zach Banner. I had trouble with this one. I had trouble because he almost seems like he should be number one. He's got the most energetic, fun-loving personality. Do I? How funny is he? Really? Well, you sort of grade on a curve with football players. It is very rare that you get a truly funny athlete. We usually grade them on a bit of a curve. Like, hey, he's, he's curvy. He's like, he's funny for an athlete. But then occasionally you get a Marshawn Lynch who's just got a funny personality, and he's just so cool that he get that he gets away with it. And then once every forty years, you get a Blake Griffin in the NBA. who's like, oh no, this guy's funny, funny. Put this guy in some movies, right? But banner he's just entertaining i mean he's eight feet tall so the smile is about a foot long um and he's the flash
1: dance video put it over the edge for me the
2: flash dance video is actually one of the reasons why i didn't put him higher i like the promo it delivered better than the actual product itself the video was a little too long it could have been a little funnier could have been a little quicker it did not really hold a candle to the odell beckham jr Flashdance uh, with um, uh, Eli Manning, which was made by a credit card company. So th- that's why I actually had to ding Banner. I'm like, because he seems like he'd be great in theory, but the execution I don't think is quite there, but you can't deny the great personality. So Banner comes in at number five. Who comes in right above him? Number four, Tyson Alu. Why? Because he'd be a food TikTok guy. I had to think of, okay, who's the fattest guy on the team? Okay, maybe not the fattest guy on the team. Who is a lineman on the team who can eat a lot so he could have an awesome, like, cooking, food, meal, drool, drool inciting TikTok? And I thought, oh my gosh, Alu Alu, you know, is he Samoan, right? So they got incredible food. They'd be cooking up some great dishes. And he's got to eat all the damn time so he can stay gigantic to play that sort of nose shade nose technique. And he's a cool guy, too. He's got tattoos. He could show you some of those. But I think Alu Alu. I was thinking there's got to be a food guy on this list, and that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know if he'll be roasting the the pork. I don't know if I'm generalizing here in a negative way, but I just got to think he and his family will be cooking up some cool stuff. So that will be Alu Alu. Number three on the top five Steeler TikTokers is going to come as a shock to many people. It's going to be a wide receiver. But like I said, Most of these wide receivers and NFL athletes, they're not funny. They don't have a funny bone in their body. Antonio Brown was hilarious in the way he celebrated and played, but clearly the guy doesn't know how to make a joke. They're too serious about everything, right? They take themselves too seriously. They never had to gain humor as a life skill because they're good-looking and unbelievably athletic. But James Washington is going to be the number three TikToker. And why? Because he's funny? Absolutely not. Of course not. No, because he works on a farm. And he could have one of those cute animal pages. We could see goats. We could also see him you know, playing around with cows, show you how to milk a cow. There's a lot of ways to make that funny. That's pretty much shooting fish in a barrel or milking cow milk into a bucket, if you were, as you were, if you will. There's a lot of content there. Then you could see him, you know, interacting with his dad, who's the main farmer. He could kind of be a guy who comes in and out, like on Bill Burr's uh, podcast. Bill's wife Nia uh, comes into the podcast every once in a while. It's cool to have these extra characters who are in there. You could see James doing cool farm workouts. We see guys doing workouts in gyms all the time. I want to see the hay, the hay bale, you know, workouts that Washington's doing. So I actually think with his farming background, there's a lot to be mined in that TikTok page would you watch it that that would be one of your guys we we're talking about james washington you could just probably watch him tilling the soil for a couple hours and you'd have a great time
1: can i throw out my analogy please because i like the way we're, where you're going with that and this may be surprising i was just thinking of who would be the guy you would imagine not to be on social media other than ben right bj finney and i'm <laughs> trying to i'm trying to remember that show because i don't didn't watch it what were the guys in florida the Duck, Duck Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah. I see B.J. Finney wrestling alligators, and I think that would be uh, some interesting videos.
2: B.J. Finney is the most boring person on the team. He, Besides Chris,
1: how about Chris Boswell?
2: <laughs> okay, I take it back. Chris Boswell is definitely the most boring guy. No, B, uh, Finney's okay, because he's like a lineman who's who's well-spoken, like he gave those interviews. But you're thinking more of Brett Kiesel. Like, Kiesel clearly belongs on Duck Dynasty, not just because of the beard, but because he's got a little more personality. He's a jokester. You need something like that. But I know what you mean. Yeah, you're looking for the farm guy. So was I. Turns out we don't have a lot of interesting ones right now. But wait, we know that Washington trains on a farm, and it's real. Like, his family actually owns one. This isn't like a summertime thing. So that's why Washington's going to come in at number three. And number two on the top five Steelers TikTokers, hypothetical, list... It's Vince Williams. Come on. The coolest, funniest guy on the team. Vince is the closest thing the Steelers have to a funny guy. Like he talks crap and he's pretty hilarious when he does it. Huge personality, will not be afraid of any controversy, and will talk crap to people online, which will stir up the views. And it will stir up the viewers. And maybe it will involve other people. Into the TikTok world because he'll start beefs with other big TikTokers, and he's just the one guy in the Steelers where I'm like, if I could hang out with one guy, it's Vince Williams. He's just a cool dude. Be maybe he'll be TikToking while he's riding around in the Lam around Pitt as he does. So I mean, would you watch if it were TikTok again? I feel like I'm picking the guys who you might actually peek in on, Dad, as a as a man's man.
1: I think Vince Williams is the was the heir apparent to Arthur Moats. And I would have right. chosen him if he was still on the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I put him in the same – differently, but the same kind of guy.
2: Big personality. Big like personality, posi- like, big like, smile. Vince, a little meaner, but, yeah, but equal. big heart, those guys. And well-spoken and, and funny and, and tough as well. But the number one Steelers TikToker, if they all did it, is it Juju? No. It's Devin Bush, obviously. I mean – We've seen enough over these last few weeks, right? It's fireworks when Devin Bush puts anything on social media. Like Vince Williams, he is not afraid to talk crap. He'll talk crap directly to his teammates. He'll talk crap to other people, to other social media influencers. I think even today he put up another tweet. I just saw it when I was going through the Twitter right now saying like all these people who say they're content creators and then have 400 views on their thing. You ain't content creators. He's talking crap to civilians with no lives. Well, I mean, this is amazing. And just the no filter thing usually works pretty well for social media. So that's my top five list. It's number one, Devin Bush, number two, Vince Williams, number three, James Washington on the farm, number four, Tyson Aluoglu eating food, and number five, Zach Banner. And I got to say, it makes me feel good that two middle linebackers are at the top there. And I think that that's antithetical to what you thought a good TikToker would be. These are like the man's men. But to me, a lot of the successful TikTokers are not funny. They're just consistent. But – what would we really want to see if we could get it would be those crazed those crazed men in
1: the middle of the defense i think and it's you wouldn't be surprised i have no comment i i just don't understand is i don't understand
2: that's that's that helpful analysis we're looking for from the uh, the greatest generation or whatever you're from baby boomers
1: uh, yeah a little short of the greatest generation unfortunately
2: that's all right well that's we're just we're making it up as we go you don't have to like it we uh just say basically think of it like this dad who is cool on the Steelers? who could actually hold a conversation who can actually entertain you that's why we're thinking of this list but now i gotta list the bottom five we'll do this a little quicker because they're obviously the bottom five for a reason these are guys who i don't want to see on social media because they're either boring cheesy Or just not captivating enough. Maybe cringy is another reason. And so at number five, okay, by the way, we're going five to one. Number one in this list is going to be the guy I least want to see his his TikTok from. Okay, so number five on the bottom five stealer TikTokers hypotheticals. It's Zach Banner again. Whoa, he's on both lists. Listen, I talked about this already. Because he's the guy that seems like he'd have a great TikTok because he's got such a great personality and he is a really cool dude but when he has put together social media you know formal social media things i just don't think it's his game it hasn't been that funny so he would kind of disappoint you you would think like oh this guy's gonna be great because he might have the best personality in the whole team well just because you have a good personality doesn't mean you're good at social media and that's why i'm actually putting banner at number five as well but at number four on the bottom five Steeler hypothetical TikTokers list is going to be Alex Highsmith. Have you ever heard him say anything? His dad talks more than him on Twitter. He's just a really hard worker who seems to be a very good guy, and he's very quiet. That's it. Now, I almost wish that I put Boswell in there, like you were saying, but I do think... That kickers have a little bit of a weirdness to them. They all, these specialists, they're little crazy dudes. Like, I think some of that might come out in TikTok if you saw enough hours of Chris Boswell's life. But Highsmith, he's just a good guy, hard worker, and I'm just not interested in the extracurriculars. Like, do you know anything about
1: Highsmith? Uh, that's what I love about him.
2: Exactly. But that doesn't do anything for me on social media. So Highsmith is going to be number four. Number uh, number three on the Steelers' bottom five hypothetical TikTokers list is a guy who I've heard enough from, where I know that okay, this is a great guy. It seems like it'd be great to have him at a barbecue or whatever, you know, over your house for a party because he's just a good dude. He's a man's man. But he's given enough interviews. He's been on enough TV shows and podcasts this summer where it there is. No shred of a doubt that he has nothing to say when it comes to entertainment, and that is Cam Hayward. (laughs) Once again, this is the kind of guy that you want to be a captain on your team. When you see him on the field, there's no denying that men will follow him because he is a freaking animal. He is physically dominant. He's... I'd say he's well-spoken in the fact that, you know, he he comes across like a grown man. But when you listen to his interviews, there's really nothing going on there. It's coach speak and not really a think-on-your-feet type of guy, but comes across as like, oh, this is a charming alpha male good guy. But th- he's never said anything interesting in an inter- interview or podcast ever. So there's no way that it's happening on TikTok. And that's why Cam Hayward's got to come in at number three. What, what do you think? on cam hayward in terms of entertaining the masses with content
1: hands down hands down i and and your next i do see your list here so i know who's coming up and for the same reason
2: (laughs) well let's not keep him in suspense number two is ben i mean who wants to watch that TikTok? okay maybe ben about 10 12 years ago would have been more interesting but now it's like well matt church again and here's my kids again Ben would be the kids on TikTok guy. Ben is the kids at social media. Look what a great dad I am. Look, this one caught a a football. Hey, we're going to another uh, Christian rock concert with Switzer here. Everybody check it out. No, let's not. We want to see you throw bombs. We don't want any of the rest of this. We're happy you have become domesticated and uh, you don't get in trouble and you seem like a good guy now. But good Lord, it's boring. at least the beard thing gave us something to talk about last year. But otherwise, I am not interested in that 40-year-old's TikTok. Bottom five. All right, everybody. Number one on the bottom five, Pittsburgh Steelers hypothetical TikTokers list. Who do I want to see the least out of everybody on the whole team? Drum roll. Chase Claypool. (laughs) This is so bad. Okay, so Claypool is the Gen Z, like, oh, the cringe factor is just too high for me. I can't do it. And this one's a little tongue-in-cheek because I actually think Claypool seems like a really smart guy. Hopefully, he's going to be one of these Steelers for all time. Really smart. He is pretty well-spoken, especially considering for a rookie. But he's the TikTok, I'm going to social media my lunch guy. He's like the perfect, okay, you woke up out of the womb with the cell phone in your hand, so you do think there is something interesting about the dump you just took in between practice and the film session. There's not. I mean, I, I mean, he's a big guy, so maybe that could get pretty crazy. But Claypool, I've seen his stuff. And he is comfortable on camera. And he does speak well. And I actually like his interviews a lot. So maybe this one is a controversial number one. But unfortunately, he does sort of embody that thing of like, look, this is a really good-looking, talented, rich guy. You people aren't funny. I'm tired of it. These good-looking TikTokers, like, listen, there's only one Ryan Reynolds. I mean, even Chris Hemsworth knows, like, He's not a comedian. He comes in and he says the one liners when he's set up from, and he's funny. You know, you're not going to try and carry it with your own comedy, writing it and starring in it. Claypool, you're too good looking and too talented to be a good content creator. It's just not there, man. And it's just a little too cringy for me. And, uh,. The whole uh, putting his foot in his mouth thing after, oh, the Browns are going to get clapped in the next round. Oof, I don't know about that. That's going to create some controversy. So I will put Claypool at the top of the bottom five TikTokers. And I think the the one interesting thing about the list is Juju, nowhere to be found on the list, huh? Well, that's because I don't think he's that interesting, but I don't think he has quite as – I mean, he's pretty cringy. But not quite as much as Claypool because he does have an effervescence to him. That's that's pretty funny. I mean, his name is Juju. So it's it's not horrible. It's definitely not good. Right there in the middle.
1: I think that dancing on other teams' emblems was really off-putting. He is kind of funny. doesn't He's the guy with the dog.
2: Yeah, bougie.
1: Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I'll tell you the two guys who I would insert at the top and at the bottom. Okay. At the top, this is a, a wild card. But I think Jordan Berry, simply because he has the accent. Well, he's gone. Accent, Well, he's gone. Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. He's in competition with. Anyway, Jordan Berry's got the accent. Maybe he's too old for this, but again, he's Australian, and as you pointed out, the kicker's a little weird.
2: And you know he's going to be drinking some Fosters, the worst uh, American-Australian joke right there, but there's no way that that guy doesn't get after it, right? Too many negatives there, but you're going to see him getting drunk and jumping off a cliff and punting a ball in Australia or something, right?
1: Yeah, I have to insist that we insert my next guy in the bottom five. We have to find room for him. And it might be <laughs> okay. in Highsmith's spot, but TJ Watt is the same thing as Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, okay. is the same thing it's as awful. Cam Hayward.
2: But the reason why I left him off is because he's brothers with JJ, and you might get some good famous guest appearances. Like, okay, well, they brought Hopkins on. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if I see any more Watts with their boring parents and their boring brother, Derek, who's also on the Steelers, like, oh, God. JJ somehow developed a personality. He was one of the cringiest athletes in history at the beginning of his career. But now he's become a little bit more self-aware and there is some pop to J.J.'s game a little bit where he's learned his way around it. That's why I left him off, be- basically because of J.J. because I know J.J. will be on there. But if he wasn't brothers with J.J. Watt, you're absolutely right. He, he is about as exciting personally as a piece of wood, a sturdy piece of wood, beautiful piece of wood. But uh, yeah, it's just going to sit there really.
1: We have saved the worst for last. This is under the who cares category, but it is kind of interesting, especially since we're not involved. The Washington football team fined $10 million for creating Ooh. a toxic workplace when dozens of former employees, probably mostly female, claimed to be yeah. harassed. It was a uh, a culture that encouraged that, or at least didn't stop it. Dan Snyder has voluntarily, quote unquote, stepped aside from CEO duties to be replaced by tanya snyder for the time being it's the time being unspecified <laughs> right. and His the wife. backlash has been palpable if that's even enough to describe what's going right. on first of all apparently there is no written report <laughs> there is a verbal report which this is uh sort of launched from so there's nothing to publish to show the actual findings of this inquiry um People are also complaining that $10 million is a drop in the bucket for a guy like Dan Snyder. And that the the, uh, culture won't change with the Snyders in place. I wonder, do you think, that this is the fulcrum against which finally Washington gets new owners? Because as you know, you can't fire owners.
2: This is probably, I think... Mike Florio was talking about this on PFT. This is sort of a precursor, like a shot across the bow to the rest of the owners because the value of these teams is about to skyrocket. I guess our predictions right now that even an average team is going to be worth probably 8 to $10 billion over the next few years with these new TV deals and stuff like that. But all I have to say is Washington is back, baby. I mean, if you have a Snyder in there, they're going to screw it up. They are probably a top 10 talent team in the NFL right now. And I think that they're going to do very well this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to have legitimately gotten better as he's gotten a little bit older here in the past few years. Now, you remember he had that amazing start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that came crashing down to earth thanks to Bud Dupree and TJ Watt and the Steelers, who I think picked him off and made him fumble like four times in the first half of their game. And then that's when that sort of storybook season came to an end for Fitzy. But then he had two great years in Miami. I think he's cut down a little bit on the turnover thing. So they can have a really good team. Obviously, be far preferable if they could get a young quarterback. But what I'm trying to say is they probably have the best defensive line in the league, possibly. Obviously, the Steelers are up there as well, if Highsmith can pan out. But excellent linebackers, good, decent secondary. They've added some pieces there incredibly exciting, high pedigree, wide receiver core, uh, proven rookie running back, good offensive line. Like they are absolutely stacked. And here comes Dan Snyder making waves. By the way, those reports about an unbearable and sexist culture in Washington, they are true, true. I mean, there are reports, and listen to any podcast, a lot of former Washington players, including, um, who's, who's busting with the boys? Will Compton. On Bussing with the Boys, that's his podcast with Will Compton, former Washington linebacker and current uh, Titans tackle Taylor Lewan. He talked about it, and he's basically like, "Look, he can't. I can't talk about much of this stuff. So on and so forth, whatever. But like, yeah, it, it, it's a massive problem over there. So um, it's just what the 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 sands of time turn again in Washington, it, and really, just it all comes back to Dan Snyder, doesn't it? It's crazy. I feel bad. I, I wish that the guy could go away, but good thing they got his wife locked in now.
1: Well, it is coming back on the NFL because people are claiming a circling of the wagons, a good old boys' network. The punishment is not fitting the crime, and there is a lack of transparency. So we will see what we'll comes from this. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at steelersoutpost at gmail.com. Happy 4th of July. Thanks for listening. And until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye bye. Front at your front porch. Just open that baby up, pop them in the freezer, and put them in the.
2: <laughs> he tried. I saw it happening. I saw it happening. Oh, no. The bike's going fast. He's going down the hill. He's speeding up. His eyes are getting bigger. His shoulders are shaking. I was watching, like, oh, he's almost at the end. I want to give him a wrap-it-up sign that might distract him. (laughs) I see the eyes going left, right, left, right. Oh, no, he's going to lose his place. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.